Hello, and welcome to episode 45 of Force Time. My name is Travis, and today I'm here with... Who do you think it is? It's me. Hello. Hello, everyone. It's Kara. I'm here. It is Kara. She's back. She's back again. And we are back to talk of course, about The Bad Batch, episodes 10 and 11. So our last episode covered episodes 8 and 9, and now we are here to talk about episodes 10 and 11. And here's a spoiler warning. If you haven't seen the latest Bad Batch, episode 11, we're going to talk about it all. We're probably going to talk a little bit about Rebels and Clone Wars and anything else. So there's your warning. But first, and we're going to we're gonna talk about this a lot here soon, but mm-hmm. last episode we announced who our new character was for chain code our series of character deep dives star wars character deep dives and we announced it last couple weeks ago that it's harrison dua and what do you know who shows up in episode 11 harrison dua insanity it was crazy it was just like i mean it, it makes sense but i did not expect it at all and it was just so weird that we had literally just announced it and i feel like we only picked it like a little bit before that and like just that's that's some some kismet if you will <laughs> that is great timing all the way around and yeah when they opened up on ryloth i was just like oh and i saw the the twi'leks and i was like oh okay and then we see cham sandula and then we see the mom and yeah insanity so i'm i'm just so excited to talk about Hera in this episode but we are going to get into it we're going to start though at episode 10 so we've been doing these every two or three episodes of the bad batch kind of doing a recap of all of them we've gotten lucky a couple times where a couple episodes have kind of really run together when i first watched episode 10 and then i I watched episode 11 i was like oh this is going to be kind of weird like they don't. I don't know if they really go together. And then I thought about it. And I was like, "Oh, these absolute these two episodes absolutely go together. Like they're they're so they open up the same. It's the heroes on both sides, right? Of mm. who's in the right, who's in the wrong in the Clone Wars. You have the Separatists, you have the Republic, and there's good guys, bad guys all over the place. And we get that from these two episodes. We get both sides. So in Episode Ten, we get a Separatist world episode 11 we get a republic world and so it's kind of those opposite sides but the way they open up and you see each of these sides it's just it's it's so interesting so really excited to talk about this episode 10 first off what are your overall thoughts how are you feeling about episode 10 common ground (laughs) i really enjoyed episode 10 i i think you're right that Um, I, when it first opened, I was like, oh, this is interesting, but I feel like it was a type of mission almost that we, I mean, I guess we have seen it from them, but I just loved watching the four bad batchers like work together and like just watch their dynamic when they're on a mission. Like, yeah, I feel like the, I mean, the animation is just so incredibly well done, which is like, we've said that a million times, but it's just true. But just the way that they move and like Wrecker always is kind of in the in the rear, like covering them from behind and the way like these tiny details like tech is always looking down at his thing and his little computer pad thing. 
And like, I don't know. I just, I really enjoyed it. I think we saw, I really am excited to talk about Sid. Cause I feel like you and I felt kind of like Sid was shady and I still do, but I feel like this episode switched me around on Sid a little bit. And so that was kind of interesting. And I think we got a little bit more echo. I still want more echo, but like, I feel like we got a, a, a little touch of echo and kind of watched his mind change in an interesting way in this episode. I, just, I don't know. I thought there was a lot of like layers and, and dynamics to it that I really enjoyed. The first time that I watched it, it felt kind of like a breather, like because mm-hmm. we had just gotten Cad Bane and like Ton Wee was killed and like all this crazy stuff happened. Fennec Shan showed up. They were trying to yeah. get Omega. They had to get out of it somehow. And there it were all these worked weird, out. Weird aliens in jars. and Yeah. Yeah. What was that all about? So, <laughs> so, so we got all of that and it was just like, okay, you come away from those episodes, like panting and sweating, like, ugh, like what is going to happen next? And then you get episode 10 common ground. And it did feel like, okay, now we're back to the Bad Batch, which was nice. It was good because, yeah, I think what was so cool about the Bad Batch is when they were introduced in episode one of episode one of season seven of the Clone Wars, Mm -hmm. you really got to see them work together like that. And it was so cool to see how their strengths matched up with each other and how they work together. And yeah, we definitely got that in this in this episode. So, yeah, I I really enjoyed it. it. It felt like a much needed, hey, let's get back to the Bad Batch. Let's see them go on a mission, see what they're up to. Yeah, it reminded me of um, that, like, I don't I don't remember if it was episode one or two of this season where Tarkin gave them that challenge and then you saw how easily they worked together to tear through all those droids. And it gave me a little bit of that, you know, which I really, really loved that moment from the season. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah, that was really good. So in this episode, we do, like you said, we have Sid. So we have two stories, pretty much. We have the Bad Batch going to Rexus to extract Senator Avi Singh. And this is a separatist world, like I said. And so the Bad Batch is having these thoughts of, I don't want to help a separatist because they mm-hmm. all of their life, you know, they were fighting separatists. And you're right, especially Echo. So we do get a little bit more Echo in this episode but the i think the description on it said before you watch it there's like the one line description that their Mm -hmm. ideals would be challenged and i think they definitely were but we didn't like hear them talk about it a lot they kind of bring it up here and there so that was that was interesting that we didn't get too much of an in-depth conversation which this was more action-packed and everything when they were going to get the senator but there was enough dialogue in the episode where you could definitely kind of feel them coming around to the other side of things you know like what side are we fighting on you know they see the occupation from the empire there and you know, I think once they see that and kind of fight against it, I think that helps kind of change their mind too. And it's just kind of leading them still down that path of, okay, they're, they're eventually going to join the rebellion. And so, yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was a really, really good episode, but let's, let's switch back to Sid first mm. because you brought up Sid. I, I don't trust Sid still. I just, mm. I, I think that she's just in it for the money. She, I don't know. One of my friends, uh, Brandon, Brandon Lee, friend of the pod, he actually 
messaged in when I put it up on Instagram the other day, Hey, send in your questions. And he kind of, you know, posed the question, is she more like Maz Kanata or is she more like DJ? And I think she's more like DJ and he agreed. I agree with that. Yeah. And so I think she's like that kind of character still where I don't quite, I like, I don't know that she's a complete ally in, in this fight. I don't know. I don't know what it was. It was, I wrote when I was watching, I took notes and I said, when Hunter said to her, to her, I don't trust you either. And she said, good, you shouldn't. For some reason that made me trust her more, you know, because like she was, uh, she was so like, I don't know if she was like open, but I don't know. Like, I feel like she is definitely out for herself first. She's definitely in it all for the money. But, like, especially after her experience with Omega, I don't think that she would turn over Omega. I don't think she would go that far, you know? Like, maybe once they're gone, if somebody came and asked her for, like, a tip about where they were headed, maybe if the price was right, she would give it. But, like, I think if a, if somebody had shown up to the bar when the when the batch was gone and it was just Omega, I don't think she would have turned her over. I don't know. I think, I think that's fair. And when you pose it like that, it makes me feel better about Sid. But what, what did you think? First off, they, they just left Omega with Sid after she is like, she, it it was such a Din Djarin. It was the Mandalorian (laughs) all over again. Like, that's all I could think. I was like, gonna say and like every episode of season one of the mandalorian it's like dude stop leaving him in random places alone or like on the ship or with anybody like stop do it you're a bad babysitter like come on it's like hunter she's telling you not to trust him trust her and you still left her and it just that made me nervous i was like the girl has been through enough like can you just make sure she's safe. And I don't, I didn't trust Sid, but the way that you put it there, I do. I think I agree with that, that for Omega sake, like, I don't think she would just easily just turn the child over. I think she has a soft spot for her now, but I still just, I can't, I can't trust her yet. I just can't. You're so right though. That was such a Din Djarin move because the thing is like, not only is it dangerous to just leave her but you they know omega now and they know that she's super curious and like you know she's learning that she can't like just chase after whatever that animal was that she chased after the one time like she knows that but she's still curious like she still might wander or something like i mean i guess she's driven to follow orders because she wants to be part of the batch but of the squad, what did she call it? The team, the whatever. But like, still, I yeah, leaving her behind like that was a big risk. <laughs> and they're lucky that doesn't happen. I totally agree. I yeah, I I was very glad when they reunited at the end. But Omega ends up making Sid a bunch of money by playing Dejaric. Now, mm-hmm. before we talk about how good of a Dejaric player she is. I got to ask you because we talked about Chewbacca a lot, obviously for chain code. And we went through his, you know, basically his whole timeline and, you know, in the rise of Skywalker Poe is like, Oh, this guy right here, he cheats at Dejaric. But canonically, like we see Chewie play Dejaric all throughout the second, third trilogy. 
Who do you right. think wins in a Dejart game between Chewbacca and Omega? Chewbacca in episode Ooh. nine versus Omega right here, because I, I'm pretty torn. I think Chewie's got to be right up there. That's good. I don't know. I think, I think Omega might, might take him because, because Chewie's whole problem at least back in solo was that he, he had trouble thinking steps ahead. Right. But it seems like Omega is like very good at thinking the steps ahead. So that would be a, that would be a solid match. That's for sure. So definitely Chewie and Solo would get beat by Omega, but Chewie True. by the time of rise of Skywalker with all the practice because you know, yeah. he's on the Falcon all the time and that's, pretty much their only means of entertainment that we've seen on the Falcon, right? Sure. They have something else, but there's just that one to jar board. So yeah, I don't know, but yes, Omega. And I think that's going to come up soon is that Omega is this master strategist and, you know, not that the bad batch is missing that by any means, you know, they have Hunter who is kind of the leader and kind of has that skill already, but I do think that that might come up. Right. And I, I, the whole time I was thinking like, oh, tech would get a kick out of this, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, hmm, very good, very good. <laughs> yeah. In- the only other thing about Sid that I'm like obsessed with is just all of her like nicknames for the batch, like calling Hunter Bandana is the best thing ever. And then at one point she calls him Dark and Broody. <laughs> yes, that's that's <laughs> definitely my favorite. Yep. Oh, it was good. And she has <laughs> goggles, goggles for tech. Yeah. And I think there's a couple other ones, but yeah, I, I do. I do enjoy Sid's banter back and forth. She's very good at that. <laughs> and so there's also these two aliens in her bar, in her arcade, whatever it is mm-hmm. that we've seen a lot so far. And so I had to look it up and these two, so there's the weak way and then mm-hmm. there's the, I forget and you can take my star Wars card, but like the hammerhead type like mm-hmm. alien and those two guys are pretty much identical to the two aliens that Rafa freed on Oba Obadia Obadiah. And this was pointed out on Twitter at J Bandos. And I saw that and I was like, Oh yeah, That's it's the same exact two guys. Like, there's no difference physically. So it seems like the two guys that Rafa and Trace got out on Obadiah have somehow mm-hmm. made it to Sid's arcade. So that's a that's a cool connection I liked. That's very interesting. Okay, but let's cut back to the mission on Rexus real quick. Mm-hmm. So the thing that I thought about, and there's a lot that goes on. It's really cool action with the Bad Batch mm. saving the Senator. But there's this really cool protocol droid, GS8. And yeah. GS8's a really cool droid. I really like her. Like, very funny. But the more that... Because she was really helpful also with the Bad Batch. Like, she distracted the troopers, right? So they kind of had to come around the corner so the Bad Batch could, you know, take them out. And did a lot of really useful things for the Bad Batch. And it made me think that is there something missing from the bad batch, which would be a droid because like in every other group of heroes, there's always a droid, but they don't have a droid. They do they need the a droid? Gong. They do have the gong. Have yeah, the gong. you're right. It doesn't seem to leave the ship though. The gonky doesn't seem very helpful. 
No. We need a helpful droid, I think. What does Gonky do? Nothing. No, I didn't think so. He's like record lifts him for exercise. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Let me rephrase that. They're missing a helpful droid because yes, that droid was super helpful for them. I don't know if they would have finished the mission. I'm sure they would have somehow without Mm -hmm. GSA. So just wanted to shout out GSA. Yeah. And I like, I noticed that she was almost like, she kind of like fangirled over them a little bit at points. Like, they, they where they were jumping from somewhere onto the ship and she was just like, that was very good. <laughs> and I just liked that she was showing so much appreciation for them. She's yeah. Like, hmm. and even when she first meets them, she's just like, I like you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause they're very short. They're like, we don't care. Like, where's he at? And she like tries to tell him a story. They're like, don't care. Just where's he at? She's like, yeah, I like you guys. So yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I think GSA uh, fit in really well with the bad batch. Yeah, so I'd love if she if she joined. But also, so you brought up when they kind of make that zip line from the very top, like all the way to the ground. Mm-hmm. We have to talk about some character development here, some very important character development. <laughs> and of course, I'm talking about Wrecker because. Yeah. OK, so we see Wrecker. <laughs> I keep thinking like, OK, this is going to pay off somehow. We see Wrecker in the first four episodes of season seven of The Clone Wars. And it's just this constant weird thing that he's super afraid of heights, like really all is. the time. And it's relatable. Yeah, yeah. They're like on a bridge, and they're like all, all of this. By the time we get to this episode, all he all he does before they zip line all the way to the bottom, he just has like a deep sigh. He's just like, <sighs> you know, and it's yeah, like really he's subtle. More annoyed than anything. <laughs> yeah, he's like really like again we have to do this, but it was like super subtle. Where even at the beginning of this season, y- that fear of heights is still there, and I'm just like, what is it with him and heights? Like it, it just seems to be one of those weird that like I don't know if there's going to be some major payoff at the end of the season or something, or if, else it's just going to like slowly fade away. But yeah. I don't know. Wrecker's fear of heights just really cracks me up, and I'm glad he's starting to get over it. Me too. Yeah, I love that he was just like, just don't look down. <laughs> like, I've done this a million times. It's not going to be fine. Yeah. I hate it too. Just don't look down. Exactly. And he just does it. He doesn't hesitate. He's just like, okay. And he just he just does it. So yeah, we're we're proud of Wrecker for sure on on this episode. He's he's getting uh he's getting that much needed character development that everyone always talks about. So there it is. Um the my next- other favorite little my other favorite little clone moment was uh in the beginning when Omega's eating the mantel mix and Echo just picks him up and kind of like smells it. Yeah. <laughs> I just yeah. love that. <laughs> that was really was good. good. <laughs> this show is full of those little moments that just crack me up. It's it's really it's it's a lot funnier than I thought it was gonna be. And yeah, yeah really appreciate those those little moments yeah. for sure. So shifting back a little bit to a more serious note. So Avi Singh is the senator of Rexus, mm-hmm. this separatist world. The Empire basically is kind of like prodding him to give a big speech, rally his people so they mm-hmm. fall in line with the Empire. So it's the episode starts out with that and he doesn't do that. He's like, I can't do this. I can't lie to them. I can't, you know, I don't believe what you're saying and I'm not going to do this, which is so cool seeing from a separatist leader and, and I mean, I mean, it makes total sense, 
you know, also because it's not like it was like they were fighting the clones and they were fighting the Republic and they're still, you know, on that other side. But he turns it around and then at the very end of the episode, they're saving him and he has that brief moment where he kind of stops and he's just like, I can't, I can't leave my people. Like, I can't do this. And it's Echo, which I'm glad we are getting some more Echo stuff. And it's Echo who says, live to fight another day. And I think that is just always a constant theme in Star Wars where it's like, I, I know you don't want to leave, but if you stay here, like you're going to die. And mm-hmm. so come with us. You can figure it out later kind of thing. And that was just, I, I thought that was a really good moment from Echo. Yeah, I liked it a lot. It's very, I feel like that's very much a clone. That must be very much like a clone sentiment, you know, just, you just gotta, just gotta survive almost, you know? Yeah, that yeah. was really interesting. and i but i was also like happy to see that moment from the senator like that that shows uh a lot about like the the way that the people who are joining this rebellion are just to be able to say like you know i don't want to just leave to save myself you know that was really yeah that was like a a powerful little moment for sure that was really good and Mm -hmm. then the episode ends the Bad Batch gets him back to Sid, and then they come back, and Omega's just, like, kicking more butt into Jarek. <laughs> and there's a huge crowd around, and Hunter's like, what is going on here? And uh, and she ends up basically paying off the Bad Batch's entire debt to Sid by winning her so much money, which right. is funny on one end. You know, it's like, okay, Sid is using this kid to make money, uh, but, you know, Omega has that agency where they're when they're negotiating – Sid's like, you can have 30% and Omega's like 60. And it's like, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Like she knows what she's doing. Like she's got this. And so you feel a little bit better about Omega, like doing this for Sid because she's actually, she is completing part of a mission for the Bad Batch, which is good. And then at the very end, Hunter is like, hey, I'll I'll play it. We'll see how good you really are. Mm -hmm. And then he says, if because Omega is still bummed about missing the mission, he says, if you win, no more sitting out missions. And then it cuts, right? It like fades to black. It's really cute, mm-hmm. touching moment, father-daughter type moment. And then skipping a little bit ahead to the next episode, Omega's on the next mission with them. Does that mean she beat Hunter at Dejaric and he's like, okay, you proved yourself. You can come with us now. Well, it's hard to say because it's a little confusing because the mission to give the weapons to the Twi'lek people, they said that it was Sid Sid was the contact. But if they've paid off their debt to Sid, they don't need to be working for her anymore. So I know I heard like at least one breakdown where someone was considering like, is there a possibility that this happened before? Like if 10 happened before 11 and we just don't know, like, I mean, I don't know. Or if 11 wow. happened before 10. I don't know. I mean, that's just because I, I think they were saying, like, you know, Clone Wars did that a lot and stuff. But I don't know what the, like, purpose of that would really be. So maybe they just, like, took one more from Sid to get above even, you know? I don't know. Yeah, because that's, I mean, and that's why they hooked up with Sid in the first place was to make money. It was, you know, and right. then they they dug themselves into a hole by eating. Yeah. So maybe it's just 10 to bags get of in the green. Yeah. Mix. yeah. Yeah. So maybe now they are just like, okay, we need to make more money. And so we can really 
figure out what we're going to do next, but, or mm-hmm. just because they don't have anything else to do right now, you know, and they, right, they know exactly. they are going to need credits. But yeah. I thought it was interesting that Omega was there when we see them halfway through this episode, it's like, Oh, are they going to start taking her or are they not going to leave her with Sid because they came back to a large gathering around Omega and that isn't keeping a very low profile. That's so part of it too. Yeah. Yeah. I also loved uh, just at the very end of episode 10, like right before. Okay. So Hunter like kind of snaps at Omega and you can tell that she gets kind of upset. And then um, Wrecker goes to walk away and he nudges Hunter and is like, kind of like, dude, like he just gives him like a little nod. Like he just, (laughs) and I thought that was a lot of character development too, that Wrecker is teaching Hunter how to, interact with omega like that was really i just loved that little moment so much where he just hunts him and he he like nudges him and is like stop being an idiot you know and then hunter's like oh i shouldn't have said that you know that was just i just loved that little moment so much that's really good yeah wrecker being the like voice of reason right there he was being he was being the uncle uncle wrecker you know (laughs) that's really good yeah yeah no that's a good call there's again so many of those little moments that are just are just so good. You blink and you miss them. Or if you don't watch it more than once, you don't see them. So yeah, good call. So let's go ahead. Let's move to episode 11 devil's deal. Okay. So when you saw this title card pop up, what was the first thing that went to your head? The first thing I thought was, wait, is the devil canon? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Wow. That's yep. But anyway, um, I mean, we, we know that hell, we know that hell is canon. Wait, how do we know that again? Han says, I'll see you in hell. Oh, right. <laughs> the empire strikes oh, back. Yeah. yeah. So that's okay. I, I did not, we did not discuss this question beforehand. I'm really glad you said that. Cause that's really good. I, <laughs> I thought first thing that popped in my head was mall. Oh, because like when you think of the devil, like you think of Maul. But yeah, in canon, that doesn't really make sense. I don't think anyone in canon like refers to him as the devil. But right. that's exactly what I thought of. So I was like, oh, what's going on? And the night before the Bad Batch came out, Tracy Kenobia, I think it was Tracy Kenobia with Lucasfilm, put out a tweet and was like, oh, you're going to want to watch this one. Like first thing, like don't get spoiled. Right. And anytime you see that, you're like, okay, something's going to happen. So I was like, oh, are we, are we really going to get Maul in this episode? And oh then <laughs> it opens up and over Ryloth and it kind of goes in and it's that same opening shot that we get in episode 10, but this mm-hmm. time it's Ornfree Ta, who is the Senator of Ryloth talking mm-hmm. to his people as the, as the empire is like urging him on to, do this and so like the contrast between the two episodes and how they work together is immediate right there right yeah that's so true so orn Ta is i mean just to put it frankly like he's a scumbag right, right. orn Ta, <laughs> n- not a good guy n- no one wants to be this guy's friend he just seems like he just backstabs everyone and so he's up there talking to his people the twi'leks do not care what he's saying at all and mm-hmm. any in fact like Anything he says, they're going to think the opposite. So he's up there. The Empire's good. They have this mining facility. It's going to be good for us. And people are just like booing him because dude's the worst. And so they're like, okay, 
Cham Sindula. So like right away we see Cham Sindula. We're like, what? Like, are we getting Hera? And so Cham Sindula comes up and he pretty much is like, hey, the Empire's, this is a good thing. Like we fought for peace and the war is over. Our side won and we can rest easy now. Like the Empire's here. It's going to be good, which is so crazy that he is and, and but it makes total sense because right. the clones were on their side the clones won the war and now they're like hey tell them like it's okay that that the empire's good and he goes up there and is like let's let lay down our weapons everything's okay and just it's just like no that's like as an audience we obviously we know how this ends we know how this goes we know how they got to the end of the war but like champs and doula not knowing very much better is just yeah no that's cool this is all good yeah and that leads me to a question which may be easily answered and maybe it's just something that i don't personally know but does that mean that like because i would i would assume that if he knew about order 66 and what happened to the Jedi, then he would not feel that way. So does that mean, does the world, what does the galaxy generally think happened to the Jedi that they were traitors? That is what is being put out there for sure. Is that they were traitors because, you know, I mean, with the emperor's big speech and revenge of the Sith, where he's like, they've left me deformed and they're terrible. And yeah, I don't know. Palpatine, man, just like, very convincing, I guess, you know, like his, his yeah. master plan and how he did it and, and led up to it and made it all seem real that the Jedi were traitors. I don't know. Um, it's see, it's it again, it makes total sense. It's just so crazy to see it and see champs and duo be like, no, the empire's good. And it's like, ah, you idiot. Like, no, it's not like, you know, <laughs> so we also get the introduction of Hera's mother who we've mm-hmm. never seen because we, She's brought up in Rebels, but she's not seen. Major spoiler alert for stuff that's going to happen with Hera's mom. Her name is Eleni, Eleni, I think, Eleni. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't make it very far. I, we don't know when she dies. We don't know how, but by the time of Rebels, she is not there. And so, which is super sad, and I really don't want to see it, but are we going to see her i I don't know i'll I'll leave it at that i don't want to speculate on that too much because i don't want to see another like mother figure i I don't know (laughs) but they can't really change it right because it's in rebels that something bad happened with her unless it happens off screen like we're with Hera instead and it happens off screen and then she hears about it after the fact like that could happen you know but also like i feel like from what i've like listened to people talk about and stuff like there is also a chance that that was it and we're not going to see her again. Like, you know, like yeah. that we're not going to see Hera again. Like there's a chance that that was just a one episode thing to give us a little story about her childhood and how she got separated from her parents or whatever, or how she got, you know, fully re- rebellionized. And then we don't see her again in this season. Like that is a, po- I feel like that's a possibility. I feel like everyone else I, that I've heard talk about it, it sounds like they think there will be more. But in my head, I'm like, maybe that was a one-off. I don't know. I don't know. I think I think that definitely could happen, that this could be a one-off. I do think, though, 
it was such a cliffhanger at the end that it's like, I don't know if they'd leave that, you know, it, they could, because I mean, technically they left Kanan with a cliffhanger. It's like, well, he jumped across, well, what happens next? And it's the same thing with Hera where it's like, well, her and Chopper got away, but what happens next? Like, obviously we see her in Rebels, but yeah, but like, I don't know. Maybe they're going to show us what happens next, but not in this series. Yeah. That's me. Very possible, but I hope I hope you're wrong. I hope we get her next episode. <laughs> so, but yes, so we get Hera. The introduction of Hera and Chopper is so good. I just mm-hmm. it's so cool to see a young Hera, and she has her homeworld accent. That in Rebels we get that a little bit when she's like really upset at her dad, mm-hmm. and when they start like fighting. And so we get a little bit of that accent, but now it's like, she's younger. She's the classic, she's the classic Star Wars origin story. She's a kid who wants to get off the planet. She wants to fly amongst the stars. She wants to go lead a different life other than this life that she has on this planet that she wants to get off of. And it's, it was so good. We get Princess Leia's theme, like a little bit of a riff on that a couple times with Hera and the way she like moves her hand in the sky as the starships go by it was just ah it was just so good yeah that was a really stunning shot there was a lot of really breathtaking visuals in both of these two episodes but especially some of the like cloud work if you will in this episode in number 11 was just like damn flex like they're yeah. they're definitely flexing their skills and it's gorgeous stuff the colors and the light and the shadow and just like when they're in that at the like towards the end of 11 when they're in that like valley kind of surrounded Mm -hmm. by like those big rock walls where it's like it's dark but it wasn't like fully night it was just oh really stunning stuff yeah it's so good and that shot of when they go meet the bad batch and there's like the shot of the planet in the background like the big giant planet and it's just yeah no the animation is it's crazy how far it's come so another new character that we get in this episode is clone trooper Hauser. And before we talk too much about Hauser, Hauser has taken over the internet. It is Hauser mania out there. <laughs> People are obsessed with captain Hauser and because he's an, he's a new clone that we've never mm-hmm. met before has really cool hair. I've heard people say that he's, you know, it's kind of like Hunter. It's like they call him daddy Hunter, whatever the kids say. That's what they're saying about Hauser. They, it's people are just i don't know they're obsessed with hauser how how are you feeling about hauser hauser I mean, are you feeling about hauser <laughs> i stole the, I, I actually i stole that joke from i have to say it too and we'll talk about it but again i put out a question the other day i was like hey if you have any questions for the pod cassia from the Ebonhawk podcast she wrote hauser did hauser get his scar so First off, how are you feeling about Hauser and do you have any theories about his scar? I will be honest because of my like fragmented Clone Wars knowledge, I figured that he was somebody everybody knew already. So learning that we didn't know him is very interesting because it's just interesting to be introduced to a new clone like general, I want to say, or like higher up clone, Rex-ish clone that like we haven't met yet. That's very interesting. I also feel like 
he was acting well uh, he's definitely hot but like whatever that's neither <laughs> there. yep there but it is that's what i was I asking like, how are you feeling about him now i know okay well that yeah. sets the tone for the rest of the episode so uh <laughs> i mean look it is what it is but i think it's also because like obviously rex is hot this is weird because they're animated but you know what i mean i mean like tomorrow morrison is hot so that's what i'm saying but anyway the point is um sorry the point is that I think like everyone was just like, we're too comfortable with Rex now. And now we needed like a new guy to come around and it's like, Oh, all right. But anyway, outside of that, what I was, <laughs> what I was most interested in about Hauser Hauser was the, just the way that he was um, talking and the way that he seemed to be like consuming information and like uh, his hesitancy to do certain things. And like, cause Harris just a child like that, I'm like, does he have his chip or yeah. is he just, or does he, is he chipless, if you will, and just like kind of going with the flow, but, but like not, isn't totally sold on it all. So that was what was interest most interesting to me about Hauser besides the obvious was just that like, like, what's the deal with that? You know what I mean? Doesn't he seem like he's kind of different in some way? Yeah, they're definitely presenting him as a good guy. They're presenting mm-hmm. him as someone that we should like. Obviously, exactly. yes, he looks really cool. Hair is nice and gelled up and quaffed and everything. But also, yes, he doesn't report Hera when he should have. And you would think if that was a clone with a chip, Hera would have been reported. They would have followed orders. Good soldiers follow orders, right? Right. And then and that's another reason i think maybe that we will get one more episode of this arc because at the end they're like hauser your troops go get hera and that's true maybe you're right and and i just i don't think he's gonna do that because yeah right before that he's like she's just a child because they're gonna charge her with treason yeah so hauser is very interesting to me and i don't i don't know i I do think we're gonna get more hauser for sure but I yeah, don't I, I, like, I, I don't think he has his chip. I think you're right. And I feel like maybe he'll have an interesting interaction with the rest of the batch. Like maybe he'll run into them and that would be an interesting communication because we've seen them we've seen them talk to obviously to Crosshair, who I mean we can talk about that. I think we, we should talk about that next. But we've seen them talk to Crosshair, we've seen them talk to the clones who are like the rags, you know, quote unquote, who are just kind of like, you know, doing what they got to do. And we've seen them talk to people like Rex and the other guy who had the kids. I forget his name, but I liked him. So we've seen them talk to those type of clones, but we've never really seen them talk to a guy like Hauser. Cause I feel like we haven't really met a guy like Hauser where it's like, he's Rex ish, but he's also, doing the, what the empire wants. So that could be a really interesting dynamic. I'm, I'm compelled. I, I am too. I, I definitely hope that Hauser mania continues because he is, he has taken over at least Twitter and Instagram. He's taken over that for, for the last couple of days. So yeah, Hauser's Hauser's super interesting. He doesn't, he's not presented as just another clone. And Agreed. I think that whenever that happens, like, we're going to get more of them. So yeah, excited to see. And that's why I really like when it left off at that episode, I was like, Whoa, why are you cutting off there? I want to see what happens. Mm -hmm. So I'm really hoping that next episode, it picks up 
right where it left off, but I would not be surprised if it opens up on a different world or the Bad Batch is on a different mission and it goes right back to it. So we shall see. Yeah, I don't know what to expect. Let's talk about Crosshair though, because I've because we did some we've done some Crosshair speculating, and I feel like the more we see, the more my speculation changes. So how are you feeling after uh, episode eleven? I was gonna say chapter eleven, Mando Brain, but how yeah. are you feeling post episode eleven about Crosshair? Just like what we saw and where he seems to be at, his vibe, etc. He's still got the same crappy vibe that he's literally always had since we've known him <laughs> just like it's always been a jerk like we've talked about but yeah he i don't know this was a interesting episode for him because he was there but again he wasn't a main he wasn't even a main villain because we have rampart who plays a bigger part in this also and so he's just i don't want to say he's just there but he is mm-hmm. there following orders sharpshooting things putting trackers on ships and he's not to me i still don't as a viewer like i still don't i don't want to say i don't care if he turns back or mm-hmm. you know if they get the chip out or whatever but i'm at the point where i'm like okay lean into it you know he's a villain like right let's let's just get to the point where okay he doesn't have his chip in anymore they took it out someone else took it out but he still wants to be a bad guy and i think I still think that's the coolest option just because it's so different. But I also think that it would be really cool if they do get the chip out and Crosshair's like, well, what the hell happened? Like I was even worse than I already was. And he falls back and joins the Bad Batch because we still know and and we haven't seen it from the Bad Batch for a while, but they want to get him back. Like they have said it. It's, you know, they feel like there's a hole like missing, you know, and so I don't know there wasn't enough cross. I'm ready to get more crosshair. I'm ready to get just a crosshair episode that we find out more about him. And he's not just that villain bad guy. Well, I just had a thought because you know, that's what we've been waffling on is, is his chip still in or not, but you could see in this episode, some pretty severe head injury. Maybe his chip came out then. I don't know. Yeah, he got pretty messed up. Those wounds. Ooh. Yeah, he was he was pretty battered the last time that we saw him. He got mm-hmm. he got really jacked up. So yeah, it could have messed up. Maybe he'll start getting headaches, and it'll be the opposite effect. You know, like we saw the headaches with Wrecker, where it like kept leading him into oh he's gonna turn and follow orders at some point. Maybe we'll get the opposite with Crosshair, and he'll start Happy like kind of snap. Yeah, and honestly. Like crosshair to me isn't one to just sit back and follow Rampart. Like Rampart, you know, he's not that strong of a leader. I don't, I don't think. And but he's always just like crosshair, do this, crosshair, do that. Or it's like I think that if this was like normal time before the chips were, you know, before Order sixty six happened, I think that crosshair would question things a little bit. He'd still follow orders, I think, but I think he would be like. Who are you to tell me that? You know, that kind of thing. So I don't know. Hard to say, yeah. It is very hard to say. But yeah, we need more crosshair. We only have five episodes left, I think. And yeah, that there's there's so many loose threads that gotta get tied up very soon. Yeah, there's a lot of ways that crosshair story could go. Yeah. 
I don't know. Another new character we get is Uncle Gobi. Joby? Yeah. Gobi? Yeah. Joby? All I could think of was Job from Arrested Development when I saw <laughs> Joby. Gobi. And so, how are we feeling about Uncle Gobi? Because I, I don't feel great about him using Hera constantly. And he's like, hey, go do this. Like, she's a kid. Again, it goes back to when Echo was like, hey, if you want to be a good soldier, it's like, dude, Omega's a kid. She doesn't have to be a soldier. It's kind of the same thing here where it's like, mm. he, I don't know. He seems like that cool, but also like kind of, and I've used this word once already, but kind of scumbag, like uncle, like he's the cool <laughs> uncle that like buys kids beer, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> like that's, that's how he was pre- presented to me because he he uses Hera first to spy on the refinery and then he uses Hera and he manipulates her big time by having her come with him when like, she didn't have to go. Like, why did he really need her to go on that mission? He, he just like manipulates her. He's like, Oh, cause she's like, no, I can't do this. I need to listen to my parents, which you should probably listen to your parents at that age. And he's like, Oh, I was going to let you fly this time. She's like, really? And like cons, Hera into going and it, I, I didn't feel great about him at all. How, how are you feeling? I don't know. I mean, he definitely gave me like Saw Gerrera vibes at, at least in that way where it's like rebellion but maybe with a little bit of an edge to it, you know? So that was interesting. Um, yeah. I don't know because it's like in a way he's right. Yeah. Because Well, you know, he's on the he's on the side of I mean, he doesn't, you know, he's against the Empire, which is good. Yeah. But you're right, though. The whole, yeah, using Hera and, like, putting her in dangerous situations that you know are going to be dangerous. Like, that's different than just leaving Omega at Sid's bar and, like, kind of being just a negligent doofus. Like, (laughs) Yeah, that's that's what I was going to say, negligent. No offense (laughs) to the batch, but. Yeah. um, Or, like, leaving Grogu with the, with the. Pele, you know, which other but anyway, so this is more like you're purposefully taking her to places that are dangerous with intention almost. And that, yeah, I agree. Putting her in those situations where it's like, yes, she wants to be part of the rebellion or she wants to be helpful, but like at what cost, you know, like don't they have administrative work? Like Yeah, exactly. I it just I don't know. It I do agree like he's on the right side. He's fighting for the right, right thing. But yeah, it just kind of weirded me out that he was so manipulative with her. And then like he's like, "Yeah, it's just a simple supply run." It's like, "No, dude, you went to get a ton of weapons." Like yeah, and you took a kid. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. I'm not I'm not feeling Uncle Gobi very much, but anyways, they go they, they go on their supply run to get these mm-hmm. all these weapons and and they meet up with the bad batch they're in this episode it's crazy right. <laughs> we get we get like i don't know 10 15 minutes into the episode it's like oh yeah this is the bad batch and so the bad batch shows up very briefly to kind of exchange you know to get the payment give them the weapons and we get this awesome moment with Hera and Omega and i just i want them to be best friends so bad i do too it was so cute and it's like I think the point, the I think the purpose that it served was like, 
dual. I think it served a dual purpose where like, at least for me, I mean, obviously I can't say what purpose it served for everyone, but for me, it was like, it showed Omega kind of being able to take ownership of her place in the bad batch. Like this is this cool place that I live in this cool thing that I do. And let me show you around. So it's like giving her that amount of ownership over who she is now, but then it also gives Hera this glimpse of like what her life could be like. And of course, because we know what, where she ends up, that is kind of what her life is like, except maybe a little more intense, but like, you know, so I think it was cool um, to kind of see that through both of their eyes was really cool. Yeah, it was, it was, it was so cute. She's just like, she's like no funny business to Hera <laughs> Omega is and Hera's like what are you talking about she's like I'll be watching you it's like it's so at, <laughs> just really cute and we did get another question so we worked the other couple questions in we did get another one from our friend Silver at Star Wars Thrifting on Instagram on Twitter right. Silver's coolest and she asked could we get Hera and Omega meeting up some point post return the jedi and i think that is very possible and i would love to see it because we know that hera is like she's in the fight for good like we know mm-hmm. post return of the jedi she's in the fight she's in the rebellion you gotta think that omega would make it that far too and that she would be in the fight and i would love to see that yeah i mean that would be really cool especially it's just like everything that has been going around with like could Omega end up being in Book of Boba Fett? Which, like, I just can't even talk about that because I just yeah. don't know. Like, I'm not talking about that until after episode 16. And, like, even then I'm going to not want to talk about it because it's just too much. It's just too much. I have to just let that happen naturally. But I am, I, I do like that idea. I don't know. I don't know. That's tricky. Yeah. It reminds me a little bit of, oh, gosh, this is random. But it reminds <laughs> I'm a big Marvel head now. I don't know if you know that about me, but (laughs) um, it reminded me a little bit of like Monica and Captain Marvel hanging out with the little scroll kid and like how they kind of connected. And then, you know, at the end in the post credits, spoiler alert of WandaVision, we see Monica (laughs) another scroll person. And I was like, Oh, all right. But yeah, that's a random connection, but that's what I thought of. So there you go. For sure. I'm I'm definitely crossing my fingers for, for a Hera Omega meetup. Also, before we get too much too much further, mm-hmm. you know what time it is. It's oh, a Grogu God. watch. <laughs> How are we feeling on Grogu watch? Any closer to Grogu? Is it happening? Is it not happening? Are what's the threat level right now? I always forget about Grogu Watch until you bring it up. And I wish we had like a sound or a theme song or something. But uh, <laughs> I have an alarm. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, th- you know, it, this is interesting because we they just brought in a character that we didn't expect to see. And Grogu is a character that we don't expect to see. Well, no one but you and I having conversations. But my question is, I feel so my I think I might have said this last time, but I think my Grogu threat level is lowering now because we're getting I feel like we're so far from anything 
Force or Jedi related. Like we haven't heard a Jedi's name since like I don't even know the last time and they haven't really brought up anything forcey since I don't even know the last time if at all so I think we're further from Grogu closer to like a boba situation so we're down to yellow I think we're yellow do you agree we, I think we were orange last time so yeah I think I think yellow's fair I think yellow's fair for Grogu watch I think we brought it up last time because of the aliens in the tanks the pickled snokes the pickled Kaminoans. yes yes so we so we brought it up because of that because we were like cloning but now I'm like I feel after these two episodes we've brought in another old friend and we're I feel very far from anything forcey personally fair fair yes except in this episode Hera did say you know I don't think Hera's necessarily like I think everyone's force sensitive but you know I I don't think she's like extremely force sensitive right obviously that we've seen but how she's like you know flying is about a feeling and she like kind of brings that up obviously has nothing to do with like the Jedi or like Grogu. Um, <laughs> but, but it, yes, there was a little bit of a, Hey, that's kind of forcey, but yeah, no, you're hundred percent. Right. We haven't seen or heard anything about a Jedi. I don't think since episode one with Kanan and Deepa right. Depa Blaba. So yeah, I think, I think we can lower the threat level. I mean, we'll see what happens after the next one. Maybe it'll go back up. I mean, it, it wouldn't surprise me. We've, we've got five episodes left. We'll probably do two or three more of these, you know? So it, it could be different every time. If Grogu shows up in this show, I am going to leave. <laughs> I can't. Okay. So anyway. your Grogu for Bad Batch is like my Chewbacca for The Mandalorian. Because oh I, was, I was sure... I would, but it just turns out Eunice Satamo just like really loves Star Wars, which he, just loves, he loves a good Star War. Can relate, yeah. So, <laughs> so okay, shifting out of Grogu, watch, we got it. Yes. We're back down to yellow. I'm glad we got that cleared out. <laughs> Thank you. So they're on the way back. Hera and Gobi get caught smuggling weapons. Ramparts being Rampart. We got Ornfree Tob being Ornfree Tob being just total loser and. <laughs> They get caught, and then Cham and Eleni are like, what's going on? And they immediately go to save Hera and save Chopper. Mm-hmm. And Cham kicks butt. This this action sequence, like this like last five minutes of the episode is so good. And it's like in the Very dark, cool. but the lighting's so cool. And Cham is like throwing like spears at people and he's on like there's blurgs and things are just crazy and speeders and yeah yeah it was intense it was really good i i think it really wrapped up the episode really well because a lot of it is you know we start off with some action here and there but it's it's like they save the best for last as far as like whoa this animation is so good and the music was so good and yeah it just i thought it wrapped it up really well and then we get rampart he says okay we're gonna surrender to him because cham and his group came in saved the day and it's basically a fake surrender 
because mm-hmm. he knows that he's got crosshair out there. And then it's been a big debate on social media. Crosshair shoots Orn Frita to frame, right. basically to frame Champs in duel because Cham loses it because they just were going to charge his daughter with treason and they arrested his daughter. And he's like, right. that's not cool. And so he's pointing the blaster at Orn Frita's face. And I was just like, oh, okay, so this is the start of Champs and Dula's radicalization also, because by the time we see him in Rebels, Rebels, he is like, he's radicalized. He's like more on that, like extremist, like Sagarera. And, but then he puts the blaster down, Crosshair shoots Ornfrita in the Leku, and is Ornfrita, so canonically, he's alive. Have right. you seen this going? Okay, so... He is in Lords of the Sith, which I haven't read for a few years, but it is really good. It's about Palpatine mm-hmm. and Vader, and they have to go like through. I think they're like I think they're on Ryloth, and mm-hmm. it's it's really intense book. I need to like read it again. But Orn Frita is in that book, and then they frame it as arrest Champs and Duel for and uh, yeah, arrest Champs and Duel for the attempted assassination of Orn Frita. Orn Frita is alive, right? I say yes. Yes, I think so. I mean, it, that makes sense. And, like, it's not like we see him de- super dead, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. No one's ever really gone, <laughs> even Orn Frita. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I mean, that's who that quote was about, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, that's who I think of, Orn Frita. So. Yeah, I, th- I do think he's alive. I think uh, they, they, I think they. Fr- I don't know if we'll see him again. I don't think it matters if we see him again. Um, but it does leave it open to go back to Ryloth because they talk a lot about that refinery, and mm-hmm. it's like a dunium. I think they say it's dunium is what they're mining. And I thought that that was very pointed. You know, they weren't just like, oh, that's a refinery. Like, no, it had a name, and it kind of reminded me of like a couple different instances in rebels when they're like, Oh, we're mining this material for this reason. And they would kind of keep going back to that planet. I think the same mm-hmm. thing could happen here and we could end up back on Ryloth again. But yeah, I, I really hope next episode picks up. I don't know if it will, but I hope it picks up right where it left off. I didn't think so at first, but now that you're saying like that bit about Hauser and like how pointed it was that we saw that he was, different and how pointed it was that he was personally assigned and his crew to go find Hera. And yeah, I feel like, I feel like it might pick up. I don't know. Yeah. I will see. It could go so many different directions. We only have again, five episodes. There's a lot for them to wrap up though. We have, we have crosshair. We still have like, what's the bad batch gonna do you know i we have i think we still have that thread with like sagarera at the very beginning of the season two where that could pick up now we have these new characters you know we have hauser we have rampart we haven't seen tarkin in a while we also know that lama sue is still after omega and cad bane is still out there and cad bane is pissed so i think there's a lot of ground to cover in the next five episodes and yeah it I honestly don't know what to expect next. I have no idea, especially after like these past two episodes, 
I would have never thought we would go there. Not not in any like bad way, but just like it's just a really interesting like twist to take or just a, an interesting uh thing to show us, an interesting story to tell. So yeah, I literally have no idea what they'll do. No idea. And I like it that way. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's what makes it interesting. But yeah, this one felt very much like Clone Wars where it was okay, we're not spending time with Anakin, Obi-Wan and Ahsoka in this episode. We're spending time with a bunch of droids on a sandy planet that uh, are hanging out with Mieber Gascon, which man, sunny day and avoid so good. But it, yeah. it felt like one of those, you know, like, Oh, the bad batch like popped in real quick. And it's like, Oh yeah, this is the bad batch, but no, this is about, I, and I think it still ties into the story really well because we're still seeing the beginning of the empire and the beginning of the rebellion and where all these worlds lie and the fact that, yeah, back-to-back episodes, we get a separatist world whose senator won't fall in line. Next episode, we get a Republic world whose senator is falling in line, and then the top general also falls in line right away, too. But then at the end of the episode, like Cham is no longer going to be with the Empire. So right. I don't know. I hope we get more Iloth. Yeah. Yeah, it was a really cool, um, a really cool thing to see. And like I said a million times, the animation is just completely stunning so so good it's so it was so cool to see young Hera like in this animation and hear her and like Vanessa Marshall are you kidding me like she's so good I just uh, yeah yeah it was it was awesome it really this yeah these last two episodes really really did it again Mm -hmm. I'm just very excited I agree so I think that wraps it up for us coming up soon next month August, we have chain code Harrison Dula and so excited started the show notes up. We got some research going on. We're learning about Hera. We're going to dig into some different mediums and yeah, I'm, I was, I went in and I don't know if you've seen it yet, but I went in and edited the show notes cause we have kind of listed out like different things that we're going to talk about all in capital letters. The bad batch is right there. So yeah, we'll uh, we'll definitely talk about Hera's origin and chain code. Very exciting stuff coming up. But Kara, can you tell the people where to find you? What you got going on? Yes. So as always, you can find me on Instagram only. My Instagram is into a larger world by Kara with a K. So into a larger world by Kara and. Yeah, just doing the zine, that stuff. I've got issue 27 coming up next month. Uh, Hoping there will be some fun stuff there. Um, You can order all the zines, all the back issues right now. And I'm also working on some commissions, so you can expect some fancy, fun new prints coming up in September and working on a couple cool things. And I have a Patreon. There it is. (laughs) I was waiting. I am always posting stuff that I like and random stuff. And I am also on YouTube doing more random stuff. And that's fun too. And that's really it. Awesome. I will put all of that in the show notes. I'm glad you hit on the Patreon. Did you tell the people that you're not on Twitter? I'm not. <laughs> Wait, did you did you guys know that yeah. I'm not on Twitter? <laughs> Kara, not on Twitter. Find her on Instagram. You can find the sh- you can find the show on Twitter at Force Time Pod. You can find us on Instagram. You can leave us a five star review similar to this one 
from Ash that says, Force Time has definitely become my weekly podcast to stay current on what's happening in the fandom, take a deep dive into different topics and mediums, or honestly just enjoy the Star Wars universe and community on my commute to work. A must for Star Wars fans. Thank you, Ash. And there is one more, and I have to I have to read this one because it talks about what we got coming up. I'm a big fan of Force Time. I like the positivity and the analysis. Chain Code is a unique take on beloved characters as well. This is a great Star Wars podcast. That was Crowley Other. And yeah, thank you for the kind reviews. Very excited to read those. Appreciate you listening. We've had a lot of kind words over the last couple weeks. And yeah, really excited for our next couple episodes. So if you got time, go to Apple Podcasts, leave us a review. Very fun to read. And until next time, may the force be with you. Thank mm-hmm. you.